Hi, and welcome to NASIO Voices, where we talk all things state IT. I'm Amy Glasscock in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Matt Pincus here in Washington, D.C. This week, we are holding our virtual mid-year conference, and here to give us an overview is NASIO's program and brand director, Emily Lane, who is also back on the pod for the third time. She is a true friend of NASIO Voices, or at least a glutton for punishment. We'll talk with Emily about this week's agenda and what to expect for NASIO's third and, fingers crossed, final virtual conference. Emily, welcome back to NASIO Voices, and thanks once again for joining us. Happy to be back. So for our newer listeners, Emily, can you briefly walk us through the history of our virtual conferences during the last 14 months or so at NASIO? Sure. So planning for the 2020 mid-year conference was well underway when it became clear that an in-person event just wouldn't be possible and wouldn't be prudent. Uh, So that decision to cancel came in mid-March. And in lieu of the conference, we held a webcast series over the same planned dates in May. Um, And that is exactly what the name implies. We had two webcasts each day over a series of three days. Um, Because the pandemic and the response has had, uh, you know, such twists and turns, we held off on making a decision about the annual conference until just about as late as possible for us to still feel comfortable pivoting and still addressing kind of logistical details. So the, the conference was scheduled to be held in Minneapolis in October. That too was canceled and replaced by an online event. And then while at the beginning of this year kind of looked promising, we again came to kind of that point of no return on a decision time frame. And we decided that, again, it was prudent that we cancel the event, uh, the in-person event, I should say, and move to online for the 2021 mid-year conference. Got it. Will this mid-year conference be more like our 2020 virtual mid-year or our 2020 virtual annual conference? So this mid-year will be more similar to the annual conference in that it is a contained and robust event, much more than just a series of broadcasting webinars. There's a conference hub to centralize the experience, and there are ways to connect and engage with colleagues between sessions. Um, For instance, we're going to have some small group video chats between sessions to try to replicate the serendipity (laughs) of running into colleagues in the hallways. And then we have a collaboration board where attendees can leave notes about a series of prompts um, to, you know, hopefully provide that networking, casual conversation experience. For sure. And trying to keep it as engaging and interactive Mm -hmm. as possible, which, you know, for the last whatever 14, 15 months, it's been hard to just, you know, do Zoom meeting after Zoom meeting. So the tagline, if you will, for lack of a better term, you probably have a better one, but for this conference is lead, collaborate, inspire. Tell us about that and how the programming was developed around those ideas. Yeah. So those are pretty broad themes, but it does help anchor the content each day of conference. So Tuesday is about uh, leadership organizational leadership, personal leadership, and then getting to know the leadership of state technology. And then we're going to have some fun breakout sessions with our state CIOs, especially the newer folks that some people may not have gotten to meet in person. Wednesday is focusing on the importance of collaboration in all of its many forms. 
And then Thursday, Inspire, is really looking to the future and exploring how we can leverage technology for good to help capitalize on opportunities and to help mitigate challenges. So each day there are two general sessions or webcasts and then three breakouts to select from, uh, which relate to those themes, the lead, collaborate, and inspire. That sounds great. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe we're bringing back the leadership lessons learned on day one. Is that right? We are. Those are the very fun session that kind of marries a practical leadership lesson with a personal story. Uh, We always learn best, I think, when it's wrapped in an entertaining story. And that is uh, definitely what the leadership lessons learned do. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. I know we talked a couple minutes ago about, you know, Zoom fatigue and trying to keep these virtual conferences interactive and engaging as possible. So question for you is, you know, what have you learned from planning the last three virtual conferences, you know, in your mind, what works, what doesn't talk, talk to us, speaking of lessons learned, talk to us about (laughs) some lessons learned. Yep. Well, in terms of logistics, the complexity certainly increases for virtual conferences. You know, instead of everyone being in one venue, the speakers are now spread across more than 50. Uh, And the audience, you know, more than 600 mini venues of either uh, if they're in the office or if they're still at home. And that means that communication has to be much more intentional and detailed. You know, we all are pretty familiar with an in-person event. We kind of know the drill. And with an online event, there's no physical cues to help you navigate to where you should go next or what your focus should be on. And then another difference, uh, as you touched on, is really engagement styles and attendee experience. So while I don't think too much about personality types, you know, I would consider myself an introvert with some extrovert skills. And perhaps because of that, I'm very aware of creating multiple ways for attendees to engage and interact Not everyone wants to jump in verbally on a virtual meeting, kind of, you know, with the Brady Bunch boxes. Um, So I think it's important for the attendee experience to have multiple layers of engagement. So some passive kind of like you're reading through a social media feed, you know, of your uh, fellow attendees sharing thoughts and posts. Then, you know, another layer of engagement where maybe you're sharing your own thoughts and feedback in the written format. So not only does that help with individual personality styles, but it's also great to have asynchronous ways to engage because we know that days are very busy and that everyone won't be able to give their attention at the same time. But with these ways, uh, we can still engage and take away non-session content in the same ways. For sure. And then, you know, the other thing that you don't have to deal with in a in an in-person conference is somebody having technical difficulties and just disappearing from from a session. So Absolutely. That is always the fear. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a challenge. Expect surprises, right? Is is what someone uh, a wise man once told us. Yes. <laughs> you know, with the rollout of the vaccines and how sort of miraculously effective they seem to be. We've been saying for a long time that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And I think for a lot of people, myself included, over the last week or so with a lot of new announcements and things, it's really starting to feel like we're emerging out of that tunnel now just to really beat that saying into the ground. So looking into your crystal ball, do you think this year's annual conference in October will really be in person? I do. Um, You know, we'll certainly be watching how the next few months unfold and making decisions based on national and state-specific guidance. 
But at the moment, I'm very optimistic that we'll be in person. You know, there's, of course, the possibility that even an in-person event, things might need to look a little different if that's capacity, you know, needing to be reduced or something like that. But again, we're staying on top of the guidance and we're in frequent communication with our venue in Seattle, we have our, our fingers crossed. And um, just as you said, we see the light and we are very optimistic and think um, reasonably optimistic to predict that we will be in person. Yeah, great. Well, Emily, just because you've done it before, I don't want to think you were getting out of here without answering the lightning round. <laughs> And uh, you know the drill, so I don't even have to explain it to you. Everyone knows how this goes. I'm going to ask you three questions that aren't related to really anything that we do in our day-to-day jobs. Are you ready? I am ready. Great. Well, you didn't really have a choice, but thank you. Um, (laughs) All right. First question. What is the best thing you've done post-vaccine? You know, really, I think it's just gather with friends and family, especially those that may have been um, at higher risk for uh, potential bad outcomes, you know, without masks, without distancing and feel that sense of relief. For sure. Completely agree. And, you know, I don't know, Amy, if you want to answer this question, I think actually, Amy, go tell, tell, tell us as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Along those same lines, my dad had a birthday party this past weekend and there were, uh, I think, 12 fully vaccinated adults there and and my one unvaccinated child, but just being able to hug everybody that walked in and be normal and not, you know, worry about social distancing for a night was so wonderful. Oh, I, I completely agree with you. I think being able to see my parents and, and Megan's parents hug Ellie without any concern is mm-hmm. honestly like the most rewarding thing that I've seen that we've done since, since all of us have been vaccinated. Yeah. Um, so anyway, looking forward to seeing you guys and giving you guys both hugs next time yes. we get to see each other, maybe, yeah, maybe in Seattle. All right. So second question, what's something new you have discovered lately that's worth sharing? Very broad so- question. Yeah. So I have rediscovered something I discovered at the beginning of the COVID pandemic, but I'm enjoying again. And that is a website called Window Swap. Um, and people around the world take kind of short videos just looking out their window uh, and share it. And oh. I think it's just really interesting to, you know, see the world uh, that we're not able to travel in right now. Uh, so actually, the, we are kind of yeah. able to travel now, but when we weren't, um, you know, to, to see the view from a different window. So that's super cool. And they're not a sponsor of Nasio Voices. So what's the name of that website again? It is Window Swap. Window Swap. All right. We're going to check it out. And maybe maybe they will yeah. become a, a paid sponsor. Um, <laughs> all right. Final question, the lightning round. What is, you mentioned we can travel again. So what is one thing you can't travel without? Uh, very practically a jacket because I'm frequently cold. <laughs> that's not exciting. But. <laughs> touché. Touché. <laughs> Uh, good, good answer. And very practical. Just, just like you. All right, Emily. Well, thanks again for coming back and telling us all what to expect Tuesday through Thursday this week for NASIO's virtual mid-year conference. We're looking forward to it. Thank you so much for having me. And one quick plug before we end, we are not closing registration until the very end of conference. So if your schedule changes and you're able to attend where you didn't think you could before, you know, just hop on our website. Uh, you can register quickly and Uh, start attending and engaging. Excellent. We will put a a link in the show notes. Yes. All right. Thanks again. Thank you all. Thanks again for listening to Nasio Voices. 
We'd like to thank our Mid-Year Conference daily content sponsors. Our day one sponsors for the lead theme are Boomi Inc., Pay It, and Tanium. Our day two sponsors for the Collaborate theme are Beyond Trust, Esri, and Zendesk. Our day three sponsors for the Inspire theme are Accenture, IBM, and Microsoft Corporation. A huge thank you to these sponsors and all of our mid-year conference sponsors. We really couldn't do any of this without you. Talk to you next time. Hope you enjoy the conference.